You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. Hundreds of feet between skyscrapers in the city of Chicago or wherever. You find yourself on the wire and you step out and leave this and go to that. Oh my goodness. What a place of uneasiness, if you will. If you'll notice in a wire like that, there were at least 50,000 people looking up. Could you imagine? Some hoping that he makes it, others praying that he falls. That's kind of the way we are when we're, you know, we're in life and we find ourselves on a tightrope in marriage. We find ourselves on a tightrope in the business. We find ourselves on a tightrope or a high wire in <clears throat> some venture in life, and you got those down there that are cheering, those that are praying, and then you got those that are just hoping you'll slip. You've got them, I promise you. What is it? What is a, a tightrope situation? in this family circus that we're talking about. I would say maybe you're on a tightrope if you have ever looked at your spouse and said, do you reckon she's coming home tonight? Talking about your daughter. Um, Maybe you're wondering if he is ever going to pop the question. Are we going to be eternal dating, uh, eternal daters or whatever? Y'all with me? Say amen. Are we ever going to be able to have children? Maybe that's another question. Maybe you're in a situation where everything has gone wrong, all hell has broken loose in your life, and you're looking at your spouse and saying, where do we go from here? Now, what do we do after this? Well, are we always going to be broke? Are we always going to be like this? And then we might ask the question, is there a way out? And I want to say to you that there is a way out. Amen? I want to say to you, everybody has been on the wire at some point. Everybody has been on the tightrope at some point. You may be in college and it might be finals tomorrow. And, you, and maybe you have genuinely studied, but you're scared out of your mind. You're going to bomb it. Maybe you didn't study until the last hour and you just know you're going to bomb it unless the Lord shows up. <laughs> Amen? Well, let me just say this. Here's something that you need to understand when it comes to this message today and this tightrope is that um, God does not want us to be comfortable. Now, I know that's not going to settle easy with you. I'm saying God does not want us to be comfortable. You say, wait a minute now. I I started serving God because if I named it and I claimed it, then I could frame it and my boat was coming in and my pink Cadillac and all of that. And and that's a bunch of hogwash that you may have bought into. But I want to prove to you, at least in my own way of thinking, that God does not want us to be comfortable. And please um, um, understand that I'm not talking about rest. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, taking a break from your labors. I'm not talking about that. That is something totally different. But Erica Long said this, I have accepted fear as a part of my life, especially, especially the fear of change. I have gone ahead despite the pounding in my heart that says, turn back. Norman Vincent Peale said this. Um, he said, 
There is never a reason for quitting. It is only an excuse. So let me just say this, that God, I don't think he wants us comfortable because when we get real comfortable, you know what happens? We get um, sleepy. We begin to doze. My wife says, it ain't no good for us to rent a movie because, you know, about 15 minutes into it, I hear you over snoring. Are you with me? Say amen. <clears throat> Don't confuse this statement about God not wanting us comfortable to, to mean that you're not supposed to rest because some of you are workaholics and the, the thing you need to do when we leave here today is go rest. <clears throat> God did all of the work in six days and on the seventh day he, that's right, on the seventh day he rests. So that God is not against us resting. Um, you've heard people say, <clears throat> I just want to be able to live comfortably. Now they're normally talking about that. I've only heard that in the context of finances. I want to have enough money to pay my bills and live like I want to live and not have to worry. Most of us don't have that uh, at this point, and we're working toward maybe that. But I'm not talking about the money side of it. I'm talking about in life in general. I don't think God wants us to be comfortable. And I, I want to prove that. Comfort implies ease and contentment. The Bible says, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Huh? In other words, we, we got our four and we don't need no more. We got enough to keep the lights on. We got enough to keep the pastor fed. We got enough to keep the staff going and the grass cut. We don't, we're just sort of at ease, just sort of take it easy on the lazy river. And I don't think God wants us comfortable. I told you in my testimony the other week, I could have lived comfortable when we were doing pretty good in the old church and everything was paid and all the bills was paid. I didn't have to worry about all of this and that and the other. We didn't have to, to, to pursue growth and, and moving forward and reaching, by all means, lost people. Are y'all hearing me? Then, then if we're not going to do the Great Commission and we're not going to reach out to the lost, then why do we exist anyway? <clears throat> So, now notice this. Here's what James says. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. That don't sound like comfort and ease to me. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. <clears throat> God is not interested in us being comfortable. I, I, believe he, I believe he wants you to rest. I think he wants you to be healthy. But as far as us just to be set back and if I can just say fat, dumb, and happy, I don't think he wants us to do that. Are y'all hearing me say amen? amen? So let me ask you, are you comfortable? Do you feel at a safe place in the Lord? Uh, and, and I hope that we do. I mean, guess what? You know what? We are supposed to feel confident. You know why he said, it is expedient that I go away. Jesus said this, because if I don't go away, I cannot send you the comforter. So listen, we're supposed to be comforted uh, while we're going about the work of God. A lot of us think of comfort as a nice couch or as a nice lazy boy or a nice king size bed where we kick back and we fold our hands and say, we don't have anything to do. No, God wants us to be comforted in the fact that he said, I'll go with you. Amen. Sometimes comfort can be a stumbling block to us and rob us of the strength we need and the dependence that we're supposed to have on him. 
if we're comfortable, we can say, well, everything's all right. Everything's cadillac -ing. You see, think of a man who is so comfortable in his life that so few problems that um, he doesn't do much of anything. He don't, he don't, you know, worry about anything. He don't do anything. He relaxes and he enjoys his life. He becomes weak and dependent and out of shape. And now if he was to walk to the mailbox, he's hassling like a dog. You know why? Because we've gotten lazy. And I don't think God cares so much as we do about our creature comforts. He would have never cared if we had never had a train air conditioner here or a Linux or Ream or a carrier or anything else. He would have been just happy for us to sweat. See, y'all, I know y'all already changed churches now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a creature comfort and I'm thankful for it and we don't plan on turning it off. I'm just simply saying that, that, that don't, there's people that are serving God in places right now that, uh, that I have literally preached in the pouring down rain when it rained on the inside just like the outside and I saw people right there just worshiping God, water falling on them from the rooftop, crying and you know, I, it was just crazy. Kneeling down on concrete, bare concrete with mud. God doesn't want us to be comfortable. That's what I want you to know. God doesn't want us to be comfortable. That's my opinion. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable unless the comfort has got you so to the point that you do not depend on God anymore. Now, let me, let me try to defend my argument since I've got you stirred up. Um, uh, comfort. Why, why is it that you're telling me, Pastor, that God don't want me comfortable? I'm glad you asked that because I'll answer it. Because most Christians think that that's the goal, that God wants me to be comfortable, that God wants me to be happy. I'm the apple of his eye, and we are. We are made in his image. There's no doubt about that. However, God does not, I don't think he concerns himself with us just being creature comfortable while the world goes to hell. Now, I am talking about tightrope, and I want to bring this to the family, but just give me a moment. Why is it important? Personally, here's this. I'm convinced that God wants us, uh, that, that, that God does not want us to be comfortable at least most of the time. I think back to the Old Testament. Can we just think about the children of old for just a moment? You know what the Bible said? They had to go out and gather manna. That was light bread, coriander seed. They gathered it how often? Every day. The Lord said, don't hoard up stuff. Don't, don't store up a pile of it because if you get more than you can eat today, the worms will eat that by in the morning. He said, I want you to trust me every day for your daily sustenance. I want you to trust me every day. I think about them. And then uh, Francis Chan, you know, the, the great pastor Francis Chan, he says this, but God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we, that we are then unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we're in trouble if he don't come through. Amen. There it is. He wants to make us um, I mean, comfortable in the fact that he's going to come through in an uncomfortable situation. Amen. He wants us to trust him like that. Les Brown said too many people are not living their dreams because they are living their fears. I read an article the other day, and I just didn't have time to put all of this into the message, but the article is this, and it was about a lady. She had went skydiving. She jumped from 18,000 feet, and she come on and wrote an article about how you can get out of your comfort zone without jumping from 18,000 feet. 
I'd far rather jump from 18,000 than walk between them skyscrapers. I guarantee you. Any day. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, she says uh, that we need to get out of our comfort zone at least once a month. When's the last time you got out of yours? Now, what is it? I get out of my comfort zone. You know what? It's easy to walk up and talk to these brothers and sisters that I know real well. And that's what people do. They gravitate to people that they know. But when's the last time you saw a brand new face and we got seven or eight families brand new every Sunday? When's the last time you said, y'all hold up for a second. I got to go talk to these. I'm out of my comfort zone, but I'll be back. Hello? Out of your comfort zone. Getting out of the. You see, Tom Hopkins says this. Do not or do what you fear most and you'll control the fear. And Max Lucado says this. Feed your faith and your fears will starve to death. Feed your faith and your fears will starve to death. Now let me show you something about this tightrope deal because all of us are in, uh, oftentimes on tightropes. Whether it's at work, whether it's on the job. Some of you get off from work and you're walking that tightrope home. Lord, is she going to be mad when I get in tonight? I didn't take the trash out and it was full. And next week before they come again, you know, um, and you're scared to death. You know, maybe you were supposed to do something that you didn't do. Maybe it's worse than that. That's, that's a real surface situation, but maybe it's a, a hard situation. Uh, maybe the car uh, is no longer there because a brand new rollback got it, you know, and the bank said, we got to take this one back, and you're on a tightrope now. I had a guy call me a number of years ago. He was going to my church, and uh, he said, Pastor, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm, I'm here in the office. He said, hey, I got, a real, I got a real dilemma. They've cut my lights off, and I said, uh, oh, yeah? You didn't pay the bill? No, man, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm between this and I'm that and the other. And he was really trying to plug up all the leaks. And he says, man, I've got to get this thing turned back on before my wife gets off or she'll leave me. I said, okay, what, what, what I need to do? Well, I owe two or $300. I don't know what it is. And I said, man, I ain't got two or $300. But uh, maybe I can scrape. Maybe, maybe we can make it happen. And anyway, I went down and paid it. I begged Georgia Power, it ain't my lights. I'm begging them, is there any way y'all can get this home before five o'clock? You know? <laughs> well, you know, um, and so, man, I'm having to talk to get a rush order to get his lights. It ain't got nothing to do with me, and I'm walking a tightrope. <laughs> you know? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it turns out they made a radio call. The guy was in the area, got the power back on, and the check he wrote me bounced. Are y'all with me? I mean, this is a bad situation, but you get in tightrope situations all the time. You find yourself in bad spots. And but, hey, I told you God doesn't want us comfortable. And I just want to submit a little bit of evidence. I think about Moses. Moses was not comfortable. He was struggling with people. They argued about him. He was the greatest man to ever lead Israel, the meekest man. But yet, some of them said, let's away with Moses. Let's find us another leader and go back to Egypt. My Lord, we at least had the garlic and the leeks and the onions. And we at least had some things back there. But now we perish in the wilderness. And then I think about David, much opposition. His own son Absalom rose up against him. What a great coup come against him, slept with even David's wife. I mean, it was terrible. That was opposition. Abraham had struggles. Jacob and Joseph had struggles. Job said, a man is a few days and full of trouble. Well, Job knew what he's talking about, didn't he? You, you see, Jesus himself said, foxes 
have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man does not have a place to lay his head. Do you understand the tightrope? You know, here it is, Jesus owned everything in this whole world, but yet was buried in a borrowed tomb. You know, borrowed a coat to ride in on Palm Sunday into Jerusalem. Borrowed a boat to push out from the lower land a little bit so he could, borrowed so many things yet owned it all. What a paradox. To put himself in a situation of uncom being uncomfortable yet he owned it all. A tight rope situation. All of the disciples in the early church we're on a tightrope. The early church fathers, persecution on every hand. They had nothing and they knew nothing of the comfort that we speak about. And then we talk about God as if, man, he's supposed to be our uh, bellboy or something. Like we just dial up room service. Hey, God, I'd like a large pizza. You know, hey, God, I'd like this. And you know, I know we're supposed to have some conversation with God and some communion with God. But I want to say this to you. God, he does not expect to just make it easy for you. I know there was times when he parted the Red Sea and they walked through there. But did you see the hell they went through on the way? Hello? I know there was times when the Jordan opened up and they passed through there. But did you see what happened to them after? They had to still fight giants. There will be times of miraculous things where God says, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I got this one. There'll be times like that, but then there'll be times where you have to walk out on a battlefield and look at a nine foot giant and say, how in the world am I going to fight him? And you're gonna do it just like David did, not by might or power, but by the spirit of the Lord. A tightrope. So, Here's what you gotta get, here's what I want you to do. If you could change anything about what you're doing, it would be this. I want you to trust in God to go with you in those tight places. In other words, if you had to walk out on that skyscraper, ooh, baby. I'm kinda like David. David prayed and said, Lord, if you'll go up with me, I'll go. But if you go not with me, I will not go up. <laughs> and that's what I tell the Lord. Lord, if you go with me, I'm going to go scared. <laughs> but I'll go if you're going to go with me. Amen. I'll go if you're going to go with me. And listen, you might as well face it. You got to know there's going to be some tightrope spots in your life. There's going to be some tightrope spots in your church. Tightrope spots in your marriage. Tightrope spots on your job. And what I'm saying is this, quit trying to figure it out on your own and say, Lord, I can walk the wire. I can walk the rope if you'll go with me. If you'll go with me, I can do it. Listen, I can't do anything on my own. Let me give you a little bit of help right here. You got to understand this. You're going to go through hard places. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to get on the wire somewhere. Yep. But listen, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Dale Carnegie said this, action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Go out and get busy. If you're scared out of your mind, get busy doing what you're scared of. Now, let me quote one more Carnegie thing before we roll on. You can conquer almost any fear if you'll only make up your mind to do so. For remember, 
Fear doesn't exist anywhere except in your mind. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Are y'all hearing me? Fear is false evidence appearing real. You look at this mountain, you say, man, say there's 10 guys. Five of them said, I can climb the mountain. Five of them said, I can't climb that mountain. And both of them are right. Both of them are right. You see, because whatever you have accepted in your heart and said that I can do, I can do all things through Christ who through Christ who strengthens me. And if you've made your mind up, you can do it, you can do it. If you've made your mind up that you can't, then you can't. The power to will is present with me. Let me show you this. Inevitably, you're going to walk some tight ropes. Let me just show you one real quick. Gideon, I'll never forget, Gideon was, uh, you know, he was scared to lead this, but the Lord said, you're a mighty man of valor. And he said, I'm going to use you, Gideon, to deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. He said, so, so get together an army. He called an army. <clears throat> Guess what? And I got to tell you this fast because this would, ought to be a whole message. 32,000 men showed up. 32,000 Israeli men showed up. And, and, and God said to Gideon, this is too many for me to get the glory. If you, if you beat Midian with all these people, they'll think you've done it. So God said, tell every man that's scared to go home. 22,000 went home. Are y'all with me? So, oh my goodness gracious, from 32,000 down to 10,000 men. All we got is 10,000 men left. And the Lord says, Gideon, here's the tightrope, y'all there's still too many in this crowd for me to receive the glory. If you whip Midian with 10,000 men, they're going to say, y'all done it. He said, I want you to take them down to the water and I want to test them. We get down to the water and uh, he said, I want you to notice how they drink the water. He said, some of them will just run to the water real quick and just put their whole face right down and drink. He said, but there will be a few men that'll go to the water and while they're looking out, but just grab some water and lap it like a dog while they're looking out. He said, that's the men I want you to get. And guess what? 9,700 men put their face in the water just like that. Only 300 men lap water like a dog. Boy, if that ain't a tight rope to, to beat a whole nation that had been coming in, raping the women, taking the children, tearing up the gardens, taking all the vegetables and everything every year. And God says, now... You're going to stop it, and you're going to stop it this year. Oh, man. And guess what? He said, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. I know, guess what? He's on a tight rope. He's scared out of his mind. But you know what the Lord told him to do? He told him exactly what to do with these 300 men. And I'm going to tell you something. As he began to walk that tight rope, tight rope there was divine intervention. There was divine strategic plans being made by the angels of the Lord. And they heard things and saw things that were not there. And those 300 men beat an entire nation. So, and God got the glory. Amen. Well, Lord have mercy. Let me, let me read this passage of scripture for you. Mark chapter four and verse 35. I'll show you this real quick. The day when the evening had come, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. And just as he was in the boat, there was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. You know about that living here on the coast. And waves broke over the boat so that uh, it was nearly swamped. 
And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. You ever thought that, man, here I am on the tightrope. And Jesus said, where are you, Lord? Huh? Jesus is sleeping. Don't even know that I'm staggering about to fall. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, isn't it amazing? Some people can sleep right in the midst of the storm. Teacher, don't you care that we drown? He got up, watch this, took action. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. King James said, peace be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I would just, that, that word, do you still have no faith, implies to me that they've had similar circumstances before. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Isn't that amazing? On that tightrope, you see, what you need to take away from the story is that this, is that Jesus went with them in the storm. Jesus went with them in the storm. Um, he did not leave them. I want to tell you, we're going to go through some hard places in life. I've gone through some hard times in my ministry. And I look back and, and I wonder how I made it. And then as I look back and evaluate the whole situation, I see now the hand of God in every aspect. I see the lessons that God was trying to teach me. But I'm going to tell you something. I sure couldn't get it at the time I was on the wire saying, where are you, God? And that don't mean much to you until you've been in a situation like that and you don't know if he's coming through. And again, you notice there wasn't no big net down there on the bottom, you know, at the street, something 10 or 12 feet above the ground to sort of catch him and say everything's all right, we'll try it again next week. When you get to such a place in your life as a tightrope place. Hey, I got another clip. I just don't have time to show it to you. Same guy was crossing the Niagara River with his passport in his pocket because he was going from the United States to Canada. As he comes across the Niagara, he goes over the boulders and the cliffs, you know, and as he gets closer, Canada, way off in the distance, as he gets over where the spillway is, the water spilling the falls, a mist so thick, could you imagine? The mist was unbelievable. It made the cable slick. I know they put stuff on it to help with grip, but still yet when you got water on it, you got water on it. So there it is. And then you had not only the mist that was coming, you had the torrents of wind that was going through the valley. Are you hearing me? They increased, I believe, the weight of the pole that he holds. That pole, that one you saw a while ago was 40 pounds. And you could see him using the pole to, to counterbalance. And he's got to go all the way across. And then it's a steep incline. I don't remember the incline, but it's pretty steep. And he crossed the Niagara River under extreme circumstances with mist all in his face with water blowing with wind blowing all of that going on the sound of the raging waters I said that to say this that, that is a hard place 
He's on, and he said, I'm born for this. This is what I do. And yes, he does that. That's what's his training. But I'm trying to compare this to the tightrope that you're on. And there's tightropes in your life. And you're going to be in spots like that. And symbolically, the wind. Symbolically, the waves. Symbolic, all of that. You remember Peter when he got out of the boat? He didn't have a tightrope. But the Lord said, come to me. And he began to walk to him on the water. And then he saw what? What Nick Willinda saw. The wind, the waves, the mist. And Peter got his eyes off of the Lord and he began to sink into the water. What did the Lord say to him? Same thing he said to his disciples. Oh, ye little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Well, here's why you need to know that, that God don't want us comfortable. Because the whole world thinks you ought to be. But what I wanted you to do is put your trust and put, put I don't care what it is that you're facing. I don't care if it is the skyscraper. I don't care what it is. Put your trust in the Lord that if God goes with me, I can do anything. If God goes with me, I can walk through this drug addiction. If God goes with me, I can walk through this horrible marriage. If God will go with me, I can walk through this bankruptcy. If God will go with me, I can walk through this failure. If God will go with me, I can go anywhere. children maybe it's the, I don't know I don't care what it is God said I'll never leave you nor forsake you so the reason you need to know it is the Holy Spirit the comforter he even though you're not in a comfortable place the comforter abides with me huh? we sing a song years ago in the hymnal said he abides he abides hallelujah he abides with me he is with me night and day as I walk the pilgrim way hallelujah he abides with me amen listen uh, what are your fears what is it that you're facing right now heads bowed and eyes closed What's it going to take for you to get from this side to the other side? How much training is it going to take? How much commitment is it going to take? How much courage is it going to take for you to put your hand in the hand of the man that calmed the sea? Huh? How much? Listen, I, I would go anywhere. I remember as a kid, I'd be scared out of my mind, but if daddy was going to go with me, whoo. As long as daddy was going, I was good to go. I, you know what? When I got a little older, I didn't mind riding. I'd ride anything they built as long as daddy was going to ride with me. If he said, I'm going to ride with you, it didn't matter. It'd be whatever it is. And I'm going to tell you, you've got a heavenly father that says, I'll ride with you. On this tightrope in your life, whatever it is that you're doing, he says, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. So how far are you willing to walk? Listen, we can walk to the end as long as he'll go with me. I want you to look how far Jesus came for you. Rising up one day, taking off his robe of royalty and laying it aside and putting on the robe of humanity. Left heaven and came to earth for me and you. Wow. It'll take sheer determination and willpower. It'll take faith and believing. It'll take believing in yourself and believing in God. It'll require you to compartmentalize your fears and keep them under control. As I said, fear is false evidence appearing real. Listen to me, friend. You cannot let fear control you. If fear controls you, you're already defeated. 
you stand with me this morning? Isaiah 41 and 10 is probably one of the greatest scriptures. He said, so do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So, Pastor, what about my dilemma? That scripture was written for you as well as me. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I will. And then in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he says, Do not be anxious about anything that's worried. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Last week in Juggling Priorities, I, I, I talked with you about priorities. And I, I really invite you to go back and listen to that message. We talked about God being number one, our spouse being number two, our kids being number three, and the church being number four. In Matthew 6, he set it up for us right there. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that they were worried about, shoes and clothes and where we're going to live, what we're going to eat, what we're going to put on, all that. He said, all these things will be added unto you. Heavenly Father knows you need them. But he said, Matthew 6 and 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I know that's hard to do sometimes because you got a court appearance in the morning. And oh Lord, I can't, I can't hardly worship today for thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. Do everything in you to put it in the hands of the Lord. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to pray this prayer with you while you're on the tightrope. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are those right now in this congregation on a tightrope. They're scared out of their mind. They're looking down. They're shaking. Their knees are wobbly. Their mind is feeble. They're scared they're going to fall. They don't know if they're going to make it or not. I remember what you told your disciples, Lord. You looked at them that night that you was betrayed and said, you said to Peter, he says, tonight you're going to deny me three times. And he said, no, I'll never deny you. But you said, as it's written, the shepherd's going to be smitten, the sheep's going to be scattered. And he said, but Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Now, I want you to understand this. You're praying right now. You're in a mind of prayer. But Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And guess what? He still failed. He still denied him three times. Jesus said, Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. But guess what? Even though he did fail, unlike Judas who failed also, Judas went and hanged himself. Peter went and wept bitterly. And guess what? Jesus said, I didn't finish his prayer. He said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. In other words, I'm praying for you, but you're probably going to fail anyway. But you're going to finally get it. And then I want you to help somebody else get it. I want you to strengthen your breath. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, for that person that's on the tightrope right now, for that one that is dangling there, that they don't know what in the world they're going to do. They're scared out of their mind. They're shaking on the wire. May they rest in you. 
don't think you want us comfortable, Lord, but I, I think you want us to have the comforter. I think you want us to be filled with the Spirit that we might be able to walk in scary places knowing with confidence that the Lord is with me. And if the Lord be for me, who can be against me? And if the Lord go with me, how can I fail? So Lord, touch everyone that is scared out of their mind on a tightrope today. In the name of Jesus, do something special. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.